Welcome to the Open Door podcast for this week. Actually, we'll have two coming out this week. This is the first one. This is a sermon on the practice of giving. I think an essential Christian practice. Well, by the way, my name is John. I'm the pastor of the Open Door. We're going to be hiring, bringing in a new co-pastor to work with me. So I will um, be able to say I'm the co-pastor of the Open Door, which I am so excited about. That's going to be happening hopefully in the next month or so, month or two. I don't know. I might be um, overly optimistic. We um, worship on Zoom every Sunday at 1030. And this is a sermon from this past Sunday. Our scripture for today is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. Let's prepare our hearts to hear God's word, to hopefully experience the word of God. Maybe take a deep breath in and a nice long breath out. Go ahead and do that a couple times. Helps to quiet our hearts so that we might hear and experience what God has for us today. God, open our hearts, open our minds to your word today. Amen. Ephesians 2, verse 4, starting with verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not by your doing, It is the gift of God, not the result of work so that no one can boast, for we are what he has made us. We are his handiwork, the NIV says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. And we're going to be talking about the fifth of the fifth uh, practice of the open door today. The fifth one is to is give that we as a church and as followers of Jesus we give. And yet, and we we always talk about this one fifth. And yet, I think 
maybe it's one, if the order of them matters at all, maybe we need to start with gift and end with gift. Maybe this practice needs to be like bookends of how we practice our faith. Now, here, here's why I think that in verse, uh, verse eight, I just read, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. See, the practice of giving needs to start with our practice of, of receiving this gift from God. None of the other practices of our faith have any grounding if we've not been able to recognize God's gift to us in Jesus. Goes on to say in verse nine, not by works, our, our, our connection to God, um, our salvation is not by works so that no one can boast for it is God's handiwork, God's creation created in Christ Jesus. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Yes, but not out of obligation, but out of gift. God has prepared in advance the, the way that we will live in this gift economy. Today, we're on this fifth practice, giving. The practice of giving just might be the most authentic way for Christians to follow in the way of Jesus, because Jesus's life was a gift from God given to all of creation, to each and every one of us. We celebrate this at Christmas um, in our response. Uh, we, we give gifts, right? We recognize that Jesus is a gift to us and to all of humanity, and we response with, uh, with, by giving our, our own gifts. Jesus goes on to give all of himself through his death, that we might receive the fullness of life in Christ. The ultimate gift that God gives is, is Jesus. The cross may be a mystery to us, though. It may be something that we struggle to fully understand and give words to. The cross has to be experienced, and that's what Lent is about. Lent um, and 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 practicing um, our faith throughout Lent is about experiencing this gift from God. The Christian faith is all about acceptance of a free gift, God's grace through Jesus. Receiving this gift from God, sometimes it can be really difficult. Oftentimes, we don't believe we deserve all that comes with this gift that God offers to us. There's nothing that you need to do to receive this gift. It's a, it's a gift, right? Simply to be accepted with gratefulness. But our culture um, is not a culture of gift receiving and gift giving. Uh, we live in a world of um, earning and consuming. And so this idea that God would give a true gift is really hard oftentimes. 
for us to believe. And maybe we think we believe it, but we go on trying to earn and trying to please God and trying to do works that will pay God back in some way. This free gift is not a one-time gift either. It's an ongoing ever experience, uh, ever to be experienced over and over, on and on. And according to this passage, we are to embody this gift in the world. I think that's what the, the final verse of our passage is about. We are the handiwork of God. We are the creation of God created to live in to this gift economy. And I'm going to keep using that term because it's helpful to me. This gift economy that God has created. Receiving a gift should always be followed by reciprocal generosity. And I think that's what this, this final verse is about. Us being created for the, for the purpose of living into this reciprocal generosity. It's not to say we need to pay God back, but we live into relationship with the gift giver. So, so our practice of giving has to be rooted in all of this, all of what Paul is talking about here. The way of Jesus lived in our day-to-day, the continued giving of ourselves for the sake of others is in response to Jesus's gift to us. That's verse 10 where it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So with the example of Jesus, the way of the Christian life is a way of gratitude, freedom to give and freedom to receive, a worldview of generosity. The Christian way is a way of abundance, not scarcity, a way of giving and not hoarding for ourselves. We we live in a time when people rent storage spaces because we have so much stuff that we, and we can't give it away. So we rent space to store stuff. I don't think that's, that's ever been the case for a culture that huge sums of that culture rent air conditioned and heated giant spaces. And I know I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. Who's like, who has one of these maybe because you're in between homes or whatever. There may be good reasons, but there are a lot of really bad reasons to hold on to so much stuff. We can't live in a gift economy when we hoard resources. But we have freedom to bless people when we live into generosity. Freedom to bless people because we have been blessed. Creation, all that it encompasses, is the playing field of this reciprocity and gift economy that I'm talking about. Genesis 1, uh, verse 28 says, actually, we'll start with verse 29. says, God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given 
every green plant for food. And it was so. And then God says, all of it, because it is in uh, relationship to you, human beings, because it's all in relationship, it is very good. If we read that passage from a, a kind of consumeristic um, a, a consumeristic worldview, it is a dangerous passage. It is dangerous for us to think that everything on this planet was created for us to consume. And sadly, we've been doing that for a long time. We've been consuming each other. But if we read that passage from a place of abundance and gift, this gift economy, everything is ours because we, we live into it as a gift. Um, then there is this ongoing reciprocity, uh, this ongoing beauty that comes with understanding everything as abundant gift. The creation here mirrors God's action in Christ. Everything in creation gives and receives. Nothing is independent in creation. Nothing functions on its own. If we experience Genesis 1 from the place of the gift economy, we're drawn into a narrative of abundance and ever-sustaining reciprocal care. There are two false narratives out there. One, that all things produce so that we might consume. That is a warped biblical view. While Genesis says that all of creation is given to humanity, that means creation is a gift, a gift to be cherished and cared for. In the gift economy, a gift is cherished and never abused. A gift is a part of the closed loop systems of the gift economy. The second false narrative is that all things are separate and competing in God's creation. Science is beginning to itself evolve from Darwinian evolution where all things compete to something much more relational and mutual. We now know that a forest functions as an organism, that trees communicate through fungi, that the sick trees in a forest are supported by healthy by a healthy uh, forest, by healthy trees, that individuals are not always in competition, but they exist in relationship and in community. And scientists are learning this about ecosystems all over the planet. Science is beginning to show that creation exists in mutual relationship. Every individual element supported by a vast network of reciprocity. This is, I'm talking about this because it's, it's the image of God in creation. It's a window into the truth of Christ. So much of nature can be experienced as gift when we have gratitude. When we experience the creation as gift, it affects how we live and relate to others and to the world. I just uh, read a book called Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. 
she's a Native American. I think Native American spirituality can teach us a great deal about the interdependence built into creation. Might we even come to understand God's gift in Jesus Christ more deeply by understanding some of the rich teachings of indigenous people? Robin Wall Kimmerer says in her book, uh, she says this, I'm going to read a, a passage from it. In Potawatomi, which is uh, the language that her people speak, in Potawatomi, uh, service berries are called bozakmin, which is a superlative, the best of the berries. I agree with my ancestors, she says, on the rightness of that name. Imagine a fruit that tastes like a blueberry crossed with the satisfying heft of an apple, a touch of rose water and a minuscule crunch of almond-flavored seeds. They taste like nothing in a grocery store. Wild, complex, with a chemistry that your body recognizes as the real food it's been waiting for. For me, the most important part of the word bozak min is min, M-I-N, the root for berry. It appears in our Potawatomi words for blueberry, strawberry, raspberry, even apple, maize, and wild rice. The revelation in that word is a treasure for me because it is also the root word for gift. In naming the plants, who shower us with goodness, we recognize that these are gifts from our plant relatives, manifestations of their generosity, care, and creativity. When we speak of these not as things or products or commodities, but as gifts, the whole relationship changes. Can't help but gaze at them, cupped like jewels in my hand, and breathe out my gratitude. This third narrative about God's creation is an ancient narrative that all individual elements are supported by the whole. This seems inherently biblical to me. This is what Genesis 1 speaks to me. This narrative built into creation demonstrates the gift economy of Christ. The free gift that nature gives is a mirror of the free gift that God gives. This is the ecology of gift, an ecological idea that through relationship, the whole is made healthy. This is what scientists now know to be true. No plant is an island. No animal is an individual. It's all about ecological systems. The economy of gift is built into the fabric of creation. In this gift economy, there's reciprocity. I've used that word a couple times. It's one that Robin Wall Kimmerer uses often throughout her book. Reciprocity assures that the giver will also receive what is needed. In the scriptures, we learn our way of following Jesus, our practice of giving, is in response to God's free gift to us in Jesus. Ephesians says that because of God's free gift of grace to us, we are free to do good works in the world. 
Ephesians says that before the creation of the universe, God knew the goodness that we would have the capacity to put into the world, that it was, it was planned that we would live into this. Of course, God knew it. The divine creator designed all of creation to function in this beautiful relationship of reciprocity. Our good works have been designed into the fabric of creation from the beginning of time. They're not works that pay off a debt to God for the gift of Jesus. Our work in the world is us living into the gift economy that God designed. One thing we can learn from Native peoples is that giving and receiving go hand in hand. This is something that settlers didn't understand. Us, the settler people of the United States, um, really didn't understand this gift economy. We understood an economy built on receiving, but not on giving. On taking, but no balance. The church is built on gift economy. We cannot only focus on giving. We cannot only focus on receiving, but we also must, we, we must humbly focus on living into both the reciprocity of the gift economy. We can fall into an unhealthy and even abusive tendencies when we think we must always be the giver and never the receiver. And of course, we're still trying to get out of being the receiver and never the giver. In the economies of gift, we must freely give and freely receive. A part of this new life in Christ is the fair and just redistribution of gifts of creation that all people of all, 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 all over creation, that all of creation, in fact, might thrive because of this redistribution. Redistribution out of abundance, believing that there is enough for everyone. While Christians experience a spiritual rebirth through Jesus's gift, the creation can experience a rebirth through the generosity of God's people when we live into abundance. So, now comes the really fun part, I think, taking this theology of gift, this belief that God gave everything to us because of his love, taking this theology of gift, this concept of reciprocity, and, and we create practices in our lives that help us create the world that we all hope for. In this kingdom of God way of living, every small act of giving can be a signpost pointing toward the fullness of God's kingdom. No practice of giving, of gratitude, or of humble reciprocity is too small. Some of you have shared with me ways that you have seen the open door or experienced this practice in the open door um, recently. One thing that I see that seems really small, but is a beautiful 
uh, sight for me to see is uh, people coming up to the farm when I'm there and giving their compost, <laughs> their kitchen scraps, come up and dump it into our big compost piles that steam and that are creating beautiful dark compost to be spread around the farm. This simple act of walking to the farm with your compost. Families give financially to this church because you believe that God will use your gifts. I was amazed last fall when we were way behind as a church. We were way behind in our giving. And we didn't do a big campaign. We didn't do a big fundraiser. We simply said, now's the time for us to, to give as a church if you're able. And you did generously. The practice, I see the practice of meals being made. Raise your hand if you've ever been given a meal when you were sick or when you had a new baby or when you were just going through a tough time. I see hands going up all over the place. This church knows how to make food and share it and give it. Some of you brought up the fact that we've, we've given of our time and energy oftentimes when some of us had, have had things go wrong in our homes or we've been in the midst of a big project and we just needed help. And you all have come together and given time uh, to one another and your expertise in home projects and just giving to one another in that way. And then other people talked about notes, simple notes of encouragement. Last week, we talked about the practice of encouragement and that, that practice really blends with the practice of giving, especially notes from kids, someone said, that those notes can be so encouraging when we're going through hard times. And sometimes um, encouragement to our kids, to our children can be so meaningful, even to us as parents, as well as um, to our children. So I'm not going to tell you to finish how you need to practice giving. I'm not going to give you a list of here's the things that you can do to be a better giver, because I don't know what those are. The Open Door is going to continue to provide opportunities for you to give of yourself. But I want you to discern that. What does that look like for you? I encourage you as we come toward the end of Lent to consider all five practices, listening, learning, eating, encouraging, and giving. Consider all of those and how you want to continue to be more intentional in your life to live these out. But specifically this week, as we, as we move toward Palm Sunday, how will you make the upside-down kingdom of God, a reality in the world through simple, small acts of giving, of generosity. How will you put into practice the belief that creation is designed out of the abundant love of God and not the scarcity of consumerism that we live in? Ask those questions throughout this week. And know that for, for us to practice these things as individuals, it comes together as the open door and we practice thing, these things in community. And that's what it is to be a church in the world. It's to practice the way 
of Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Amen. Thanks for, thanks for listening in today. Uh, again, join us on Sundays, 1030 on Zoom. You can get information on that at pghopendoor.net. That's our website, pghopendoor.net. If you get annoyed when I start talking over the music, go check out more of our music. Our band is called This Side of Eve. Uh, our website is This Side of Eve. Dot com. That's this side of eve.com. We'd love for you to take a listen. Thanks, and we will uh, be back next week. Oh.